we have a problem. Social media is the problem. And I don't know that there's an answer. I don't have any answers, but I thought it'd be fun to talk about this for a little bit. Hey, this is Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy, Monday Morning Coffee for September 28th, 2020. You can find me at tradeshowguy.net. From there, you can jump to all sorts of sites, uh, Trade Show Guy blog, uh, Trade Show Guy exhibits, some trade show webinars, and a couple of books that I've written. Freebie downloads. You can also find the podcast and the blog there as well. So I was looking back. I joined LinkedIn before I joined any of the others, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I joined LinkedIn on April 17th, 2006. I joined Twitter June 19th, 2008. I joined uh, Facebook around the same time, although I couldn't track down an exact date. For some reason, they make it hard to find. I think it was uh, late 2008. I joined Instagram April 5th, 2011. I started this blog, Trade Show Guy blog, in uh, December uh, 20, uh, let's see, 2009 it would be. So right in that neighborhood, I was kind of really interested in all that stuff. I've been involved in social media a long time. In fact, the blog, uh, tradeshowguyblog.com, uh, fo- focused exclusively on how to use social media at events, trade shows, and conferences for a couple of years, like 2013, 2014. And then a couple things happened. I, I realized that I wanted to keep the, you know, the broader topic, I guess, for trade shows, events, conferences, and not focus so much on social media. And frankly, it, it uh, you know, you keep mining that particular thing two or three or four times a week, and you, you kind of run out of things to talk about. So what's the problem? Well, it's big tech, you know, it's Google, it's Facebook, it's Amazon, it's Apple to some extent, it's Twitter. But the problem I think is best described by Mark Hurst in a recent article. He said, this is the key point. Engagement makes money and lies are more engaging than the truth. Big tech merely has to tune its system to create engagement at any cost. And boom, you have flat earthers and anti-vaxxers and political extremists and conspiracy theorizing of all sorts. We've all seen this stuff explode. It's all because of social media. So engagement makes money and lies are more engaging than the truth. And the whole business, the whole reason they're in is the they're in they're in the business to make money. If they don't make money, they don't stay in business. Here's another from Mark. Uh, big tech makes money from intrusive surveillance combined with manipulative algorithms that nudge whole populations inch by inch toward extremist beliefs and behavior. So digest that for a while. I'll link, by the way, to some of these articles that I'm referencing in this particular little social media rant. Uh, Seth Godin in a recent podcast, I don't know exactly which one because it's been uh, two or three or four months. He does a Q&A at the end of his podcast, uh, very popular. I think that's probably the, the most interesting thing of some of the podcasts because he really gets into stuff that people are, are curious about. And someone asked him what he missed about the changes that came with the technology since 2000 because a lot of stuff has changed in 20 years. And I'm paraphrasing, but he he said he, he really missed the fact that uh, social media has become such a negative influence on the culture, the theorizing, the uh, the wild uh, <laughs> stories, the money, the lies, uh, the anti-vaxxers, the political extremists. He missed that. He didn't see that coming. Cory Doctorow wrote a long piece on Medium, which I really highly recommend, about surveillance capitalism, which is you know kind of one of those, I guess, nice side effects of social media, online shopping, and much more. He says, quote, You've probably heard that if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. As we'll see below, that's true, but it's incomplete. 
What is absolutely true is that ad-driven big tech customers are advertisers and what companies like Google and Facebook sell is their ability to convince you to buy stuff. Big tech's product is persuasion, the services, social media, search engines, maps, messaging, and more are delivery systems for persuasion. And uh, just you, you pop up a map and you get an uh, ad for something, right? Uh, you're looking for dinner? Well, you might try these particular restaurants. So it's all right there. We know we're being used. We know there's a product. It's, it's nothing new, I guess. But it's just gotten more and more intrusive and uh, worse and worse. Are we being manipulated? Yeah, we probably are. There's a new documentary out, which I need to watch. I haven't gotten to it yet. A lot of people have that I that I know, but I, but I haven't seen it. But from what I've read, it's essential viewing because it highlights the basics of the threats to the world by Silicon Valley, Wall Street writ, writ large. Uh, Mark Hurst says it's it's incomplete and imperfect, but it, uh, it should be watched anyway. It doesn't mean you should avoid it. And here's the end of his recent column on the movie and his review. He says, quote, ironically, the movie's mistake of omission is similar to the problem that inspired the movie in the first place, adopting a too narrow focus on the concerns and desires and now regrets of a small group of privileged men. While I applaud those men for going public with their criticisms, it's dangerous to suggest that only they can solve the problem. To solve the mess that big tech has created, We'll need to include other voices and other communities, especially those scholars who have been warning us of those problems for years. So really, this gives me, it gives you, it gives all of us a lot to think about. I, I look back uh, early days of Facebook, especially uh, when it first started, I found a lot of friends and former colleagues that I'd lost track of. You know, Facebook, unlike some of the other platforms that were out there, I think I look back at MySpace and a few others, uh, they insisted on you using your real name. You had to be who you really were. And that made it, you know, they, had to, they set the bar a little bit higher. And I thought, well, that's good. And that meant when you connected with somebody, you knew who they were. And I found a lot of old friends, a lot of old colleagues, uh, co-workers that, I, you know, folks that I used to work with, I liked working with them. A lot of them were and still are great. I connected with relatives that I hadn't seen long. You know, I knew how to reach a lot of these people. A lot I didn't. Uh, and it was kind of great to see what they were up to and their families were up to on a regular basis. But then kind of came a challenge. I discovered that some of these people who were great to work with on occasion and, and see at family reunions were not that fun to be around with online. You run across those people, uh, you know, they were caustic and they were profane and they called people a lot of names and, and they were rabid about their side, especially the political divide. I'm talking about during the later Bush years, early Obama years. And anyone who disagreed with their point of view, you know, they, they deemed them horrible people. And I'm guessing you saw a lot of the same thing. So it kind of gave you, you know, second thoughts about how great Facebook was. And this is, you know, 10 or 11 years ago. Uh, the other thing I find is that I've connected with a lot of people I've never even met in person. I've had only a brief encounter with maybe their work colleagues or they could be clients. I've actually connected uh, with a few clients on Facebook, uh, more often on LinkedIn, I think which has certainly got different uh, restraints to it. Uh, it's not nearly as political, although that stuff does show up. Not nearly as personal, although that stuff does show up. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But then I keep seeing some of these people in my timeline that I, I just don't really know who they are. And I think, gosh, could I, should I unfollow them? They're nice enough people. I like to see what they have to say because a lot of them do have certainly uh, valid things to say and share. Some things are good, some things are not. Uh, some people I know rant and rave all day online. 
They do. Others show up, frankly, once or twice a year. They just aren't there. And then you see something, you go, oh, oh, that's right. Haven't seen him for a long time. So back to the problem. Um, I'm not even sure if I'm defining the problem uh, correctly, uh, but I think most of us tend to think of Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as rather benign, mostly, I think. And I know I used to think that way. I don't really think that way anymore. Uh, The more I read, the more I find out what's going on, how intrusive it is. And I think in many ways it's out of control. It's fostering crazy and evil people who are intent on damaging things uh, during, you know, the ISIS uh, ramp up. And and there was just a lot of uh, you heard a lot of news about uh, ISIS recruiting online and people getting, uh, you know, sucked into a lot of that stuff and going overseas. It it happened uh, not a lot, but it certainly did happen. You know, people were intent on damaging other people, uh, threatening them, manipulating them, preying on them. Uh, Read the article about how Google profits from pedophiles. That is not an opinion, but a fact uh, in the New York Times reported, and I'll put a link to that as well. And all the algorithms that are built into Facebook and YouTube and others are intended to feed people more of the stuff that they watch, and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So let's go back to the top, the uh, comment that Mark made. Engagement makes money, and lies are more engaging than the truth. And lies spread like crazy. I mean, I think it was Mark Twain that once said, uh, a lie will fly around the whole world while the truth is getting its boots on. And lies make money. And that's the problem. Uh, Silicon Valley likes making money. Wall Street likes making money. It's their job. Our culture is built on greed. So to change things, we have to change the culture. I don't know how to do that. Uh, but I listen a lot to Seth Godin, and he talks all the time about changing the culture incrementally, one person at a time. It's a big job. It's it's long term. So how do you do that? Uh, I guess we just focus on those types of things. Listen to those types of people. I, I, I certainly uh, urge you to listen to Seth Godin's podcast. It's weekly, I believe. Uh, he's very thoughtful, um, and he and he uh, constructs his podcast in a way that. Just makes you really enjoy listening to them. Uh, short term, do we do things like look at break up, uh, breaking a big tech like we broke up Ma Bell in the 80s because they were too big? I frankly have a hard time thinking that will happen soon, but I think we in the country and the culture should be having that conversation. I know a lot of people are starting that. I don't think it will happen uh, soon because both the current administration and their Democratic opponents get a lot of money from Silicon Valley and Wall Street. Uh, So I really don't think there's going to be a lot of pressure on big tech. Money buys influence, as we all know. Uh, Last thing here, uh, this is unresolved and will remain unresolved for a long time. So what do we do as individuals? You know, I, I think the best thing is to be aware of what we're reading. Be critical readers, be critical thinkers. Don't take everything at face value. Even the things you want to believe from the people you want to believe in, the people that, that have given you good stuff in the past. Often I'll see something and I go, wait a minute, uh, is that true? And I, and I you know, run it through a fact check or a media bias source. And there's a lot of those uh, people out there, a lot of those uh, organizations and websites that you can find that you can actually fact check stuff. And I think that's very, very good. So check out things that seem suspicious. Fact check the things that come out of the mouths of the candidates, even the ones you support. Uh, I <laughs> Take time off from social media. I don't do enough of this. Uh, and, you know, I, I have learned not to get caught up in feeling I have to respond to everything I read. I hold back and I go, yeah, I sh- 
should really not jump into that thing because it's not going to change anybody's mind. They're not going to change my mind. So, you know, think once, think twice, think three times before posting something that is designed to rile someone up. I mean, we probably have all done that at least a couple of times, right? And I think, you know, bottom line, try and wake up every day and treat people with dignity and respect. It's easier to do, frankly, face-to-face, <laughs> mostly. Uh, but online, we kind of hide behind this persona uh, of who we think we are, who we think we want people to think we are. And it's easy to name call and all that. But uh, if you just, you know, say, hey, I should treat people with dignity and respect, even the ones you disagree with. It's not always easy, but I think it's the best thing. And that's just, let's just wrap it up here uh, and call it good for this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee Have yourself a good week, and we'll do this again next week as October rolls into view. (laughs) 